Hello and welcome to Locked On Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano, at Mickey underscore Knuck on Twitter. Hit up the show on Twitter as well, at Locked On Leafs. And for today's podcast, I'm joined by Dave Morissuti. That's at Dave Morissuti on Twitter. He's a writer for the NHLPA. You can also find his work on sportsnet.ca. What's up, Dave? Not much, Mike. I just got inside from shoveling the snow. It was pretty gruesome today. Oh, man. I know. Last night I was driving home from work. It was brutal. The roads were so bad. Uh, and for some reason, I think I might need to get new winter tires because I had zero grip going down the highway. And I was just like, oh, I got to cut it down to like 40, 50 on the highway. It was brutal last night. Well, that's usually when it's fun when you're drifting. When you yeah. Drifting. <laughs> well, not when the DVP is tons of people in the DVP. I don't want to be drifting into other people. That's very, very <laughs> All right, so uh, so we got the Florida Panthers tonight, which is a big game, arguably the biggest game of the season. You know, they're the only team that were really battling in, for, in playoff position at this point. Tampa and Boston are just so far gone, and really it's down to Florida and, and, and Toronto for that final spot in the division crown, so you don't have to worry about fighting and duking it out with anyone in the Metro. Uh, so that's a big game that's going to be happening tonight. We're going to chat about that. But first, I kind of wanted to touch about touch on this Jake Muzzin injury. Uh, yesterday, it came down that he's going to be out for four weeks with a broken foot. So no Jake Muzzin for four weeks. How much does that scare you? It's scary. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He's, you know, their best defensive defenseman at a time where they're out without Morgan Riley and. I know some people will begrudge, but even having Cody Cece out because that's a guy who can play minutes for you, that, that it's it's really tough. Because even when he went out the first time, you know, you saw how how much the lineup suffered because of it. Maybe this time around they're a little more prepared for it. Although it's tough to be prepared when uh, you lose a guy like Muzzin, but th- this one this one hurts a lot. Yeah, and it's funny how CC all of a sudden went from put him on Robodaw Island, get him out of here, banish him away from this team to, oh, CC going to be back anytime soon? What's the timeline on his injury at this point? Um, it's it's going to be brutal. Like Jake Muzzin, you kind of saw in in the game the other night against Tampa when he didn't come out for the third, they kind of came out flat-footed, and that team just got hemmed in their own zone, and Tampa really took it to them. They were outshot 14-3. to uh, they didn't have any grade-A chances uh, offensively, and they gave up quite a bit defensively as well. And Anderson really had to stand on his head. So without Jake Muzzin, like, this is this is a different team, honestly. Um, just they play so much different. They don't have a true shutdown guy once he's gone. The lines at practice yesterday were Travis Dermott and Justin Hall. That's going to be your shutdown line. You want Travis Dermott to be going up against Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberto tonight? Like, that's, that's what we're going to have to watch. And hopefully, you know, he has a, a, an outstanding game. But that's going to be tough. So the, the the pairings now with all the injuries, without Riley, without Muzzin, without CeCe, you got Dermot Hall, Sandine Barry, and Marincin and Lilligren. And then they also called up Callie Rosen, who I assume will will get into the lineup at some point. But, boy, those those pairings do not scream playoffs. No, not one bit, and I think you're right about the whole Durbin Justin Hall thing. Because the problem here is they're on the road, so they yeah. can't even dictate the matchups in any way. So you know Florida's going to come hard at that whole Dermot pairing. 
and I think right now what the what this means is this is going to have to be all on the forwards to chip in defensively, like something that they haven't really done. And we saw a bit of it in the last game, but we're going to have to see it a lot more. You know, Matthews is really going to have to dig in, Tavares especially. Uh, but they're going to need it from the forwards too because that, that blue line is going to have a really tough time tonight. No, they're going to have to play like the Carolina Hurricanes did in front of David Ayers, essentially. Like, they're just going to have to play that much of a team defensive concept game. Um, and, and, and Florida's a good team, and these are these are important games, but... Like, Jake Muzzin's a massive, massive hole in this lineup. You know, when he was out for a few weeks earlier in the season, you saw how much they struggled. And that was when Riley was in the lineup. Now you don't even have Riley there to take up 25 minutes. Cody Cece, who's taken up 20 minutes. Like, this is a very, very depleted defensive core without Riley, Cece, and Muzzin. And now I'm looking around, and I'm like, do I even believe that they can overcome the loss of these guys? Like four weeks is a long time to yeah. not have either of these two guys. Like I, I don't know if I like their chances going forward. Well, luckily that this happened after the Tampa game because to be without Muzzin for both Tampa and Florida would have been monumental. I mean, it's already monumental to begin with, but yeah, a month. Like people don't realize a month is a long time, and like there's no rushing back a broken hand. It's whenever the bone heals. Like, they, they can't just be like, oh, you know, we'll slap something on. We'll just get him out there whenever. Like, no, this is a broken hand. It's going to take time. And the same with Morgan Riley. You can't rush him back because he's coming back from surgery as well. This is not something that's going to be, you know, a miracle where somebody decides to grind out early and come back early from an injury. Because then what, what's going to happen there is that you're going to uh, ruin – potentially ruin your chances at the playoffs if you're not if you're bringing guys back too early from injury i know getting there is seems to be important right now 18 games left that at this point you, you have to tell the you have to Sheldon keep has to tell the rest of the team look we've got to just weather the storm as much as possible i think really what it comes down to is going to be frederick anderson yeah, 100%. Anderson's going to have to play out of his mind like he did in the third period the other night against Tampa. Yeah. Um, and he's going to have to kind of revert back to the way he was earlier in the season when he was the Leafs' MVP early on. And that hasn't been the case as of late, but you know what? This is this is a time where he needs to buck up and, and get back to playing the way that he was playing earlier. And that's the only way that this team is going to make the playoffs. If we see the Anderson from November and or from uh, – uh, January and February, this team isn't making the playoffs. We need to see November Freddy. We need to see uh, the Freddy around Christmas time when the Leafs went on their big run. Like We need to see the MVP Vesna caliber-esque goaltender. Those are the performances that, that the Leafs are going to need going forward without these, these guys on the back end. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, to be quite honest with you. like Freddy's been extremely inconsistent for the better part of, of two months now. So if if he can turn the switch and turn it on and, and go back to the, the, the Vesna goalie tender that he's proven he could be, then maybe I do like their chances a little bit. But he hasn't shown it to me yet. So I, I got to see it, and, and I hope that we see it tonight against Florida because, again, this is a massive, massive game. These two points, essentially games against Florida are almost worth four points because, you know, you're gaining two points. We're also taking two points away from them 
and you know eliminating uh, an extra game if they get to get them. So you know, big basically a four point swing tonight. If they can get the win, then they go up by four points, and you know I, I think that tonight's going to be uh, uh, an interesting interesting game. I'm excited to see if they can respond because I thought that they played really well out in Tampa. And that's the thing with the Leafs, though. They they tend to play up to their opponents, and then they play down to their worser opponents. You know, they never put together a consistent effort on a nightly basis. And tonight, when you have a team like Florida, who's not as good as Tampa, but still a pretty good team, they have to play up to them, and they have to play better than them to get the win, especially with all the injuries that they have on the back end. I think the big thing, too, is, I mean, as you know, Florida's been able to stay in the hunt. Despite Sergei Bobrovsky not having really good numbers lately, like yeah, you know he he had a really good game against Arizona, but I would argue that Arizona is not exactly the offensive team that the Leafs are. And then you know he allows five goals to the Kings, who we all know are not a good team. And then he has a good game against Anaheim. So you know he's also been inconsistent too. Maybe that's something the Leafs can hopefully uh, you know take advantage of. Uh, that's. I think that's that could be a potential saving grace for the Leafs is that Florida hasn't exactly been great defensively there themselves, and I don't think they got better at the trade deadline too. So I think you know the Leafs aren't going to be dealing. You know, the last game against Florida was rough, but they also played really well against Florida the last time, and I think you have a better chance if you can sustain what you did against Florida last time. Yeah, last time they played though, there was no. Sasha Barkov, and he's going to insert himself back That's into true. the lineup, and you know he's their best player. You know him and Jonathan Huberto. So you add one of their more dynamic weapons, it's going to become an instantly more difficult game. And so they add Barkov, and we subtract Muzzin. That's not really a recipe for success here. And the Panthers have really had Toronto's number all year long. Like they lead the series three uh, nothing. There was that eight four stinker in Florida back in December. The quote-unquote immature game uh, when they were quoted and Coach Keefe said that they were playing very immature-like. Uh, and then Mark Pissick's hat-trick game, uh, 5-3, 4-1 to there. And then, as you mentioned, the last game they played pretty well, a 2-1 loss here in Toronto where Bobrovsky just kind of stood on his head and, and stole two points from Toronto there. Um, so tonight's, tonight's going to be big. They can't afford to be – I think they have one more game against Florida after tonight. Yeah, one more in Toronto. So, so you you got to get both of those points, I think, if you want to make the playoffs. Like, if I can't see them losing the season series, uh, whether it be five nothing or four one, and still making the playoffs. Like, these are so important right now for Toronto to get these points um, in this playoff run. It's 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 insane. So, you know, it's going to be a huge game tonight, a massive game. I just don't know if they'll be able to overcome it with all the injuries that they have. Yeah, th- this is the game where the character of the team will really shine either way. Either they're yeah. going to have their best game or they're going to have, you know, I'm not going to say their mentality is going to be crippled, but I think, you know, the doubt could creep in if, I mean, the last time they were in Florida, they it was pretty much done early. Um, even though they try to make a comeback, I think this is this is a chance where they can say we have a bit more mental resolve than people are giving us credit for, or lack of credit for. So I think that's going to be the important part. 
All right, let's 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 move on to prediction time. What's your prediction tonight in Florida oh, for the man. Maple Leafs? Do you think you think they come away with the win? Do you think they shock the world? Do they play like like Pittsburgh? Like they played against Pittsburgh on Thursday, or they play like they played against Pittsburgh on Tuesday? What are you expecting out of tonight? Oh, I think this is going to be a goal scoring affair, and <laughs> I. As good as Florida has been offensively, I still give the Leafs the advantage there. I think what's going to be key is if the Leafs can get some power play time. That was key against yeah. Tampa. I mean, I, I still think Florida has the advantage just because of the injuries that the Leafs are going through. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say five four Panthers, and this is probably the one time I'm hoping I'm wrong. But <laughs> but I think just Tampa just has you know the health on their side and. No, they took the day off yesterday, so hopefully they'll be ready to go. For me, for the sake of speaking it into existence, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say that Freddie Anderson stands on his head. We get to see the Toronto against Pittsburgh Part 2 type game tonight, the first couple periods of Tampa, and I think that uh, Toronto comes away with it. I'm going to say 4-2. 4-2 Toronto win. That's my guess. So I'm the bad guy right now. So yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the yeah. hated guy. I have no problem with that. <laughs> I, I want to speak it into existence. Oh, the other thing that we also didn't mention for Florida was, you know, you, you somewhat mentioned the, the trade deadline and how you didn't think they got better. I, I agree. I actually thought they got a little bit worse uh, because Vincent Trocek was a great player uh, for them. And, you know, you take that out of the lineup. Eric Halla, he's fine. He's okay. But he's no Vinny Trocek. You know, Walmart as well. He's a, a bottom six good depth piece. But they took away Trocek, who's a, who's a fine player, and replaced them with more so role guys. So um, I just thought I'd mention that as well, well I, just because, yeah. you know, it is going to be a bit of a factor in this game with no Trocek. I think it was a quality, a quantity over quality move where they decided to grab a couple of guys who could fill in depth roles rather than and then give up a guy who's a quality player. Because they really lower in the lineup. The Panthers don't have a lot to offer. So I think that's why they did it. And I don't agree with it, but I can see why they did it. Yeah. All right, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and play some cosine, no sign. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside me is Dave Morisuti from the NHLPA and Sportsnet. All right, Dave, uh, you played this before, right? Cosine, no sign? Oh, I have. All right, perfect. So I've got three. You've got three. Uh, I will let you go first as you were the guest. So give me your first cosine, no sign. I really hope you and I don't have the same one coming up. Uh, uh, we probably if you, do. If you read Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts, you saw the Joe Thornton uh, news or rumors, yeah. I, which I found really interesting. So cosine, no sign. Joe Thorne decides to come home and play for the Leafs. When? Next season. Hmm. So he moves away from San Jose. He finally yeah. ends that chapter, and he plays in Toronto next season. I'm going to no sign. Okay. I'm going to no sign it just because I – if he's going to go anywhere, I think he's going to go to a legitimate top-tier, no-questions-asked contender like a Pittsburgh or a Washington or St. Louis, Boston, Tampa, because um, he does only have one more kick at the can, most likely. 
So I don't think he's going to fool around and go to this, I don't want to call it a dumpster fire, but you know this circus here in Toronto because nothing's guaranteed here and it's not even a, a likely chance that they win a Stanley Cup, to be quite honest with you. Um, so probably not Toronto, so I'm going to no-sign it. The only reason why I think, I mean, and that's a legit reason why I think it, it might not happen. The only thing is, though, a lot of teams had a chance to try to get them for cheap at the trade deadline and no takers. I don't think teams view him as a piece that can get them over the top. And the only reason why I think the Leafs would work is they desperately need a voice like him in the room. I think Kyle Dubas is starting to value that a lot more than maybe we've given him credit for in the past. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's certainly, you talk about needing some veteranness to your lineup. There's nobody around the league who could add that than Joe Thornton. Like, the guy's an absolute animal. Um, I just, I, I, it is kind of a, a perplexing thing what happened at the deadline because there was, uh, people weren't sure if he was going to wave, if he wanted to wave, and then it came down to the fact that uh, when asked, like, oh, are you, were you upset? He's like, yeah, no, I wanted a shot. Like, I did. I wanted to go. I wanted to try and win a cup. And uh, I guess for whatever reason, nobody was able to come up to a trade. I mean, he's got a $2 million cap hit, which may have factored in. Like, you look at some of these good teams who could use a fourth-line center or even just that, that voice in the locker room, like you said, $2 million, sorry, $2 million isn't an easy thing to fit under the cap. So I, I think that may have had something to do with it. Uh, next year, if he comes back, I could see him do the Jason Spezza type thing, signing for league men at the place that he wants to sign. And I think anybody, anybody would be stupid to not bring Joe Thornton into their locker room at a league minimum contract. No, I, I, I agree with that. I think... The salary, I mean, unless San Jose was taking back salary, which, I mean, it's tough, but, I mean, they also have a lot of guys on the shelf, so I don't think that would have been an issue. <coughs> but, I mean, even if they retain half, a million bucks for some contending teams. Like, you saw what Vegas had to do to try to get Robin Leonard to fit. Um, right. I think that, I think you're you're right that, you know, that's something that maybe San Jose wasn't willing to do or t- contending teams weren't willing to pay the price. That San Jose wanted. Fair enough. All right. Uh, first one for me. With an abundance of injuries, the Maple Leafs will still make the playoffs. I'm going to co-sign that because, you know, even as bad as they've been, they still find a way to hang on. And I think we're going to see a better Frederick Anderson uh from now, I think he's realized now they really need him, and he's going to step up in a big way for them. All right, all right. Uh, I'm still. I want. I want to see how tonight plays out before I answer this question. <laughs> so maybe tomorrow I'll have a different answer, but I want to see how it plays out tonight because the a it's just huge in terms of standings because of who we're playing, and b just kind of how the team is going to respond after losing Muzzin and how they are going to be capable of playing for the next four weeks. So I kind of need to see what they do tonight before I can make that call. So I unfairly asked this question to you because I personally don't want to answer it myself, but I think tonight's going to be pretty telling for that one. Hey, that's All what right. I'm here for. 
Yeah, second one for you. Second one for me will be, <laughs> it's going to actually be an interesting one. Mitch Marner finally scores a goal. Do you do you think he scores a goal tonight against Florida? Mm, yeah, I'll go sign that. He didn't score in a while. No, and I thought you know he was a little bit better in, against Tampa, and I feel yeah. like there's a lot of heat on him lately. And I think this well, he time... almost scored like two shorthanded goals in Tampa. Yeah, I think I think you know if there's a guy who can break a Schneid, I think it's going to be Marner. Yeah, no, I'll co-sign that. I think Marner's got a pretty good chance of, of breaking out of it soon. Um, yeah, I'll co-sign it. Uh, speaking of Marner, his linemate, Austin Matthews, still in the Richard race. By the end of the season, Matthews will have won the Rocket Richard Trophy. Co-sign, no sign. I'm going to co-sign this because he he's just finding ways to score, whether it's on the power play. That, that one-timer is really coming together for him. And already a dangerous goal scorer, and I think he's uh, he's coming up the right time. Ovechkin, I think he lost a little bit of momentum when he was trying to chase 700, and I think that weighed on him. Maybe he breaks free, but I think Matthews has proven to be a little more consistent. I know Pasternak will give him a real good run for his money, but I think uh, I think because of the injuries, I think Matthews is going to get a lot of playing time down the stretch here, and that's just going to give him a better chance to... Uh, continue his goal scoring tear as we sit Matthews sitting tied for second with Ovechkin Pasternak leading the pack with 45 goals in 64 games all right uh next one for you the, the, finding a third one is always tough for me but I think a good one here is uh you know Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren play together more so now than maybe we think they will play because I think right now Sandin is is pairing with Dermot uh, sorry, Dermot. Uh, Barry, I think Sheldon Keep puts them back together. Sorry, Dermot and Barry. So I would think. I would think no. I would think he put Sandy and Lilligren together. Oh God. Okay, Sandy and Lilligren. Hmm. I'm gonna no sign that one. I think. Uh, I think just for for tonight, they'll probably roll with the D lines that they have, the D pairings that were in practice today and yesterday. Uh, and then after that, maybe try and jumble some things up. Uh, just, I, I think, at a necessity, because of the loss of Riley and Muzzin, they're kind of forced to play Sandine a little bit more. I mean, Sandine's better than Marincin. There's no debating that. And you would much rather him out there on the ice with Barry than Marincin. And that's kind of what you would have to do if you were going to put that line back together. And I don't think he's keeps willing to play Lilligren, uh much more time than he has been. Like he's been very reluctant to, to play him more than 13, 14 minutes a game. So I just don't think that they'll want to put those handcuffs on Sandine, just so that they could pair them up. Uh, plus, I think Lilligren and Marincin played a little bit together when they were down in the Marlies too. So I wouldn't say that it's completely uh, a new pairing for them. So I, I'm going to go ahead and no sign it. I think that uh, Sandine, it's time for them to really see what he's got not because he's kind of earned a top four spot, but with injuries, he's being thrusted into it. And, uh, well, it's fight or flight, kids. Time to see what you got. Well, my other part was going to be, do you think Sandine eventually moves up to that shot? I know we were talking about Dermot not really being a guy maybe you rely on. Does Sheldon Keefe give Sandine maybe a little bit of a chance 
atop there with uh, with Hall. Perhaps, perhaps. I think that's probably. Uh, it might be a little bit more likely than sliding him back. Well, maybe not. That's a good question. What What do you think is more likely? Him sliding down to play with Lilligren or him sliding up to play with Paul? That's a good question. I might put that poll question out there. I think, like, Keith likes to move things around. And I think, you know, he likes that Sandine and Lilligren find a comfort level of playing with each other. But I also think that, you know, in these situations, I know it's tough to try to experiment and give the kids a chance in certain situations, but I, I wrote about this, and it's just like, they're going to have to, whether or not it happens this season or next season. Like, this team needs these two guys to take a step. I think standing more so because of, you know, he's already flashed some potential this year. So I think there's a good chance he gets an increased role. Um, not just, you know, on the you know special teams, but I think at 5-on-5, five five, I think they they can't they can't hide them. They have to, you know, let them show what they can do in these situations. Yeah, there was a specific play I thought in the Tampa game where Lilligren also kind of showed a quick flash of of offensive ability, where he picked the puck up in stride in the neutral zone, skated it in over the blue line, and then had a pretty good shot on net. Um, but it was just like some powerful strides, a powerful shot. Skated past a couple of, of Bolts players and and uh, got a clean shot through on goal. So, you know that was kind of a, a nice play. And and I was watching it with the the TSN 1050 crew. So Kristen Shilton was there, and, and we both kind of went, oh, well that was that was pretty nice to see out of Lilligren. So uh, I, you know I think that he is kind of learning on the job, and he is getting better and better, and, and he's gaining more confidence as you know, he progresses, like he's only still has a handful of games in the NHL. Um, he still has a ways to go, but definitely with the injuries, both him and Sandine are being thrusted into the lineup and they're being given more minutes and, and more of a, a role, more Sandine, I guess. And it's, like I said, it's it's time to see what they can do. It's time to buck up and try and get it done because tonight's a big game, big game against Florida. And they're going to have to rely on those two. They can't just shelter them for you know 12 minutes because I don't know if you want to have the other four defensemen out there playing 25 minutes tonight so it's kind of going to have to be spread out a little bit um so we'll see what ends up happening but I think it's uh you're not wrong when you say it's very possible that Sandine he's the one who's going to have to really step up in Muslim's absence uh we kind of saw that Dermot hasn't taken that step that we thought he would take when Riley went down so maybe you move on and, and you, you hope that, you know, I know he's still young, but hopefully Sandine can kind of take a bit of a step and shoulder the load a little bit now that there's a couple of injuries piling up on the left side. I know he's young, so you don't want to put that kind of pressure on him, but at the same time, if he can do it and keep trusting to do it, heck, man, that, that only bodes well for him in the lease for the future. No, I, I totally agree. I think this can benefit the future growth of uh... – a guy who I think is one of the more important pieces of this team going forward. Definitely. Uh, all right, third one. I actually went uh, went with a different team, but also experiencing some injuries here. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Jacob Markstrom underwent a minor procedure. He's going to be out for uh, two to four weeks, which is going to be a little bit tough on the Canucks, which means their starting goaltender is going to be out for a bit. So Thatcher Demko. Keeps things afloat in Vancouver, and the Canucks end up winning 
their division. Cosine, no sign. They're currently second behind Vegas by four points, but they have three games in hand. Oh, and the next game is against the, and their Saturday night matchups, the Leafs. Right. They have the Sens tonight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're going to beat the Senators. I mean, I is I know Thatcher Demko's had some struggles lately, um, but I think this is a Vancouver team that got a big, big morale boost when uh, Jim Benning made those moves at the deadline. I think that a team like that just really gravitates, has a really good sense of, you know, where they're at in terms of, like, the Pacific Div- Division is up for grabs. I think Vegas, the moves they made, gives them the slight edge to to at least win the division, but I think Vancouver is going to give a real run here. I know Edmonton is still still hanging around, but Toffoli was such a good ad because, of, you know, it fulfilled a need with Brock Besser out. I think Thatcher Demko played really well at the beginning of the season too, and I think him knowing that he has to hold the fort, maybe that challenge helps him out, and knowing that he has to be the guy will maybe spark a little bit of uh, you know adrenaline adrenaline rush that he needs. So I think Vancouver, if they don't finish, they don't uh, win the division. I think they'll still hold second. I think that team has the has the right mix to at least stay uh, stay in the race. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, uh, I hope so. I'm going to be at the game on Saturday. I'll be uh, there working it between the Leafs and Canucks. So that, that that's going to be a good game. I'm excited for that one too. But first, they got Florida tonight. So they need the two points here, and then the Leafs are going to need the two points Saturday as well. But uh, tonight's going to be a biggie. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow Dave at Dave Morissuti. Dave Morissuti, Dave underscore Morissuti. D underscore Morissuti. D underscore Morissuti. Okay, yeah. So I knew there was a D in there. Uh, also, what, you got anything that you're working on right now for uh, for the PA or Sportsnet? Um, well, for Sportsnet, I did write about Toffoli the other day. Uh, just about you know him coming into Vancouver and the role Tanner Pearson played into helping him kind of get things along. So if you're a Canucks fan or if you're interested in that, that's up on Sportsnet.ca. And for the NHLPA, um, not anything right now, but there'll be something maybe uh, coming up down the road uh, to keep an eye for. Great, and uh, he also has that Mitch Marner piece that I did share, uh, so you can go and check that out as well if you're interested. Uh, thanks, Dave, a lot. Uh, thanks for, for coming out and uh, talking with me today. No problem, Mike. All right, be sure to check back in here tomorrow. We'll recap tonight's game, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leaves.